L-A-S. Hey, this is Tim Riven, and I would like to invite you to come join me this Friday, June 4th, at the Olympic Southside Theater in the New Bohemia District of Cedar Rapids. Beat Cancer Today, an organization that is raising money for Iowa families who are fighting childhood cancer, is hosting an event of music and comedy. From 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, I'll be playing the guitar, singing some songs, and getting people warmed up during the cocktail hour. And then the headliner will be Dustin Nickerson. Perhaps you've seen him on a whole bunch of different channels on TV. If you are interested in coming out and raising money for a good cause, please go to www.standuptobeatcancer.com. Purchase your tickets, and I'll see you there. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... Hey, I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear you do that again. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Jake, are you still going? Chester A. Arthur, Grover Jake, Cleveland, Benjamin just fast, Harrison, just William fast McKinley, to the end. Theodore Roosevelt, We are literally Trump, running out of time. Ben, 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 did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! Oh, I did it! Oh, I, was in, I was in my groove. Come there. and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm, I'm kind of doing You couldn't even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. <laughs> L-A-S. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> so you weren't talking to me, were you? I was talking to everyone. Oh, talking to everybody. Hey, welcome They're to the all podcast. Great. This is From One Dad to Another, a show where we try to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. For the next 30 to 40 minutes, I'm your daddy. You sound a lot like <laughs> Paul Rudd tonight. Do I? Yeah, but maybe it was the I'm your daddy. Is it Flonase? <laughs> it's definitely it's the flow. This episode brought to you by Flonase. That's right, but not really. Hey, I'm one of your hosts, Logan Adam Schultz, and of course, you're also hearing the uh, sultry, dulcet tones of uh, of Grandpa <laughs> Tim Riven. <laughs> it's Pawpaw. Oh, my apologies, Pawpaw. Right. One of these days, you're going to get that right. It's actually tough. It, that's yeah. not. Uh, I mean, all you got to do is read my belt. <laughs> did you forget I have I, a true. custom belt that you says Papa, which was a it? present for you? It was. It was yeah. a. It was a present from my dad. And you, my understanding is, like Papa was always something you wanted to be called. Um, n- no, actually, um, I I hadn't actually really thought about it, but when my daughter told me that she was going to have a baby, um, I think she was nervous that I was going to be mad, um, because she's a bit younger. Um, and I told her I loved her and then asked her if I could be called Papa, uh, sure. so, and which was also what I called my Papa. Got uh, it. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't like a, a burning desire that I always had. Okay. Um, but, but maybe I did. 
subconsciously maybe. We're unpacking this right now. I know. It's really happening. I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Tell me about your entire childhood mm. in 30 minutes. No, we'll just have to do that through the entirety of all of this these episodes. That's what this series is actually. It's it's a therapy session. It is. It's yeah. working so so far. I cry every time we record. <laughs> every time it ends. It's just a stop. Yes, that. it's because it's ended. That's right. Because <laughs> it's over. You have so much fun. So and what are we talking about tonight? We have so much fun talking to you, dear listener. And, and tonight we're going to talk to you a bit about first jobs. Uh, because, believe it or not, you have uh, one of your children starting a, a fantastic new role. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting. Um, so my youngest um, just uh, was hired at a new store that's going to be opening up in Marion Friday. Yeah, uh, which right is across from uh, Giving Tree Theater. Right across from Giving Tree. It sounds like as of today, I think that they're opening up on like June 8th. Okay. Uh, that's the, the latest and greatest. But yeah, they had kind of an opening, open hire, open interview uh, session. And uh, so Will, who was 16, uh, went down and tried to represent themselves uh, very well, and apparently it was good enough to get hired. So I uh, have to do some training and all that other stuff, but for opening up the, the door on gainful employment for the and first time. This is Will's first legitimate job. Yes. Like, I have paid Will to do yard work before. Right, right. Um, But yes, this is the, the first time someone other than me uh, or other than family is giving them money. So, and and I totally get that because uh, last summer uh, we paid Liam to mow the lawn yep. in exchange for a new bike. That was the big summer project. Yeah, right. Which isn't really a job, but that's chores in exchange for something. Right. Yep. So uh, doing some some work for goods and services or money. Um, you know, something we all have to learn at some point. Right. <laughs> well, hopefully. Well, congrats to Will on the new job. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Um, that's a cool shop, by the way. Um, French fries and ice cream. That's That seems to be like what the, the menu is going to be made up of. Noth- I love the I love the, the logo. I love the, the name. Right. I Nothing can't wait healthy, to go in there. Right. Not, not necessarily healthy for you. Probably but, not. Yep. But absolutely delicious. Yeah. So definitely not a health food store. And also, it's just great to see businesses popping up in that uh, Uptown Marion area. Just really briefly, I actually lived in that in building. the building. Yeah, um, probably right above. Pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah. we, uh, you know, that made right was right there on the corner. Yep. So you had um, a closet that smelled like onion rings. We did. We did. <laughs> yep. That's what I mostly remember. That and moving furniture. And that was our first apartment together, Marnie and I. And that was mm-hmm. really when I got to spend more time with Liam. So that yep. that place has uh, a lot of memories for me. And they got hit really hard by yeah. the derecho. Yeah. And so just to see new businesses popping up, I think, is really exciting. And it's very exciting that Will gets to be part of all that. It is. Yep. Uh, so they're very, very excited uh, uh, to, um, I think, have a job, have money, um, but also work someplace interesting uh, and new. Speaking of having money, yeah, <laughs> what was Are your? Are you pay me now? <laughs> well, not yet. Oh, Jeez. okay. Um, <laughs> what was your first job growing up? Do you know my you first non-chore? Paid by my parents, non-allowance job. That's the definition. Was I, I did a federal hire program. So I, I grew up on military bases. Right. Uh, so this would have been night, in the summer of 1991. 
Um, and I worked on this, uh, I worked at a bioenvironmental engineering office, which is just a, it was a, an office on the military base and they were responsible for water testing and radon detection. Um, and they ran reports and on, on, I used to like pull things off the dot matrix printer, um, because oh, it wow. was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I was just like a kind of a hired hand kind of thing and I, it was a six-week program. I think I made $3.25 an hour, which was below the federal minimum wage at the time because I think that was four twenty-five. But because I was a kid and it was some sort of special program, they could pay me less. Okay, but great. But they also didn't take out taxes. Uh, I don't know. So, I, so I, I do remember I had paychecks that were like $120, and they were always exactly the same, and I got three of them that summer. Okay. Um, but then, And then I wanted a real job, so I got a job. Scooping ice cream, actually. Oh wow! At a Baskin Robbins, and I worked there for a long time. Yeah. Look at that! It all comes back around. I know, I know. Will was asking me where should I work, and I was like, "You can only work ice cream." <laughs> that, that actually, that conversation did not happen, but laid down the law. Uh, but I actually really enjoyed uh, scooping ice cream. What about you? What was your first job? Um, gosh. Okay, so yeah of course we all had had the chores paid a little bit you know that type of experience um whether it was money or or working towards something whatever it was but i believe my first real job where i like signed employment forms right um was actually at a carlos o'kelly's the reason why is because my mom was the manager there uh, so she got me the job so it was kind of like doing chores it felt it, a little you, like you were it. getting like a really big allowance yes working because f- i did work both um at carlos o'kelly's for my mom but also my dad and my dad's side of my family owns an appliance shop up in illinois and i would go work there as well so you would install appliances in carlos o'kelly's stores across the tri-state area look we do what we have to do <laughs> all right <laughs> That's not true. Don't get those things mixed up. That's dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I, I had an interesting um, work background. But uh, Carlos O'Kelly's was interesting because I I feel like I grew up pretty darn protected. Yeah. I was a, a pretty safe child. I was um, I was in, in Catholic school the entire way through high school. I didn't have a ton of friends. I didn't go out partying. So I didn't really have a lot of interaction with, like, I don't know, real people, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you know, Carlos O'Kelly's people. The employees at Carlos O'Kelly's were a different type of people than I had really ever interacted with before. Okay. Um, just more, like, like working more adult real, people. Just blue collar people. I don't even know what the right terminology is, but like, I just, I feel like I learned a lot in the time About that I was the way there. the world works. Correct. Correct. That's good. Yeah. What did you do at Carlos O'Kelly's? Were you washing dishes? Were you mopping floors? I was. Were you a I kind of bounced back and forth. I was a wait aide, um, which is essentially wait a, like a bus boy. Okay. Yep. They called them a wait aide. Like aid the waiters. Oh. Um, or a host. And so, yeah, when I was a wait aide, that was cool because I got a, a split of their tips. Huh? So that was kind of fun. I got to do a little bit of that. Um, and then you're paid like, I don't know three something an hour but yep. then you get tips as well on top of that not a lot because you're not an actual server because you're anything. you're just an aide right you're just aiding the right. people that are actually doing the hard aiding work. and abetting right. the hard blue collar workers of carlos <laughs> o'kelly's <laughs> so i would go around and i'd get all the dirty dishes and i'd wipe down tables and all that it stuff. sounds like you were doing their job for you for for them right but and they you gave would follow behind and then they would go yeah do that 
right. and then you would do it. Outside of serving alcohol, that's pretty much what I did. You should have hired a weight aid aide, <laughs> so then you could bring them in and make them do the job. And so it was like a pyramid scheme. So Carlos O'Kelly's, if you're listening, right? They wait eight aids. It's time to fix the system. <laughs> do away with aids altogether. That's right. Uh, and then I was a host as well, and that was just a regular, you know, minimum wage job. Sure. Um, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I got, I ate chips all the time, <laughs> all the time, because you got just free chips, especially at right. the end of the night. So they paid you in tips and chips. <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt, <laughs> Alex. Write that down. Write That's good it. stuff. Right. That's good stuff. Right there. You guys, that's Tim's like second hardcore dad joke in thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm yeah. feeling some real dad energy in here. There I is, don't know. it's big time today. <laughs> it is. I literally just wrote it down. Big dad joke energy. <laughs> big, yeah. Mm. I was trying to come up with some acronym, but then I realized I couldn't spell. I, could, I couldn't give you a dad joke for that one, huh? <laughs> nope, nope. You set me up, and I, I tried to bunt, and I tripped over my feet. My first job that wasn't for a parent or because of a parent, was at Target, actually. Interesting. Yep. Um, super classic job. I think I was uh, 16 or 17 at that time. And, uh, yeah, red shirt. I was driving at that point. Um, so I would drive into work. And I usually was at the cash register. I usually was checking people out. Um, but I loved working on the floor. Because then you get, you get, like, the scanner. Right, you get, like, oh, and you gun. get to like walk around like you're registering. I just felt like I was really baby important. showers, yeah, like like all day long. <laughs> a little bit different, different gun. Oh. Different oh, gun. It was a, what if you grabbed the wrong gun, and then you went and you were like, "Someone's going to get a lot." I need stuff. to do a price check on this, and then Mary is getting a new CD player. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a thing people would normally put on their their shower list. I don't think. Right? Uh, we have a, a baby shower coming up and we had people asking what we wanted and my answer every time is a playstation 5 and fireworks the baby wants a ps5 that's right baby wants a ps5 <laughs> <laughs> all right there's another t-shirt idea write that down it's good um stuff. so you very mentioned sexy. target was ooh. what was that today that wasn't very sexy oh. thank you angela billman um voice of our sound effects and audio logo Yep, that's uh, when we say something wrong. Apparently, Angela is going to uh, tell us that we're uh, that we need to get back back on track. Um, that wasn't so you- very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's very distracting, Angela. Um, so you said you uh, your first, well, I guess your second job was at Target. Um, so I reached out to my older kids yeah. to ask them. So here's a here's a, a secret. I'll let you in on about parenthood. You hope that you'll always remember everything, but you won't. So I sent a message to the kids, and I was just like, hey, what was your first job? Like, I'm pretty sure it was you were working at Starbucks in, in Hy-Vee, right? Um, I said that to my oldest and then my my uh, middle child. I was like, you were a lifeguard, right? I was wrong on both counts. <laughs> um, that, those were second jobs, but my oldest... Her first job was uh, at Target, and uh, I said, oh. I forgot about the Target days, and she said, yes, I, I try to. <laughs> uh, so Target, if you're out there, sorry, you're not sponsoring this podcast, I don't think. I actually really liked working at Target. Yeah. there. I feel like, at least when I was there, all, of all the things that they did right, I felt like things were clean and organized, and, and we were well-treated. Yeah. Uh, I, I worked at a Target briefly. I would show up at... 4.30 in the morning and stock shelves 
and I sucked at it. <laughs> and I was tired. Yep. And people were surly. They didn't want to be there. And we had to stock all the shelves before people showed up when the doors opened at 8 a.m. It takes a really specific type of person to do that type of work. Yeah, I think it was Flow Team, I think is what they called it. I don't know if it's changed. That sounds familiar. But yeah. again, I worked there half a life ago. Yeah. So. Can I interject for a second? Yeah, please do. Were you part of the my, flow team? My uh, my girlfriend worked at, at Target for a while, and she despised it because she was treated so poorly by the oh wow by the customers. She uh, was she was a, a a runner, I think, is what it was called. But this is a a new job because when you do your online shopping, someone goes and does all the grocery shopping oh, for yeah. you. They yeah. put the cart together, and then that's what she would do. But yeah, she was. Treated like very cust- dumb. Customers were jerks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, customer service is a it's a tough gig. Uh, customer service at Target in particular was really tough. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of people come in just pushing to get their money back. Yeah, uh, that was tough for everything. Pretty much for no reason. And honestly, at that time, I don't know how Target operates now, but more often than not, we would f- just give them their money back. Yeah, because like, it was just easier. Right. They you were know. like, "Take your little gun." And scan something and give me my money back. <laughs> right? Is that how right. that went? Right. Add that to your registry and give me my money back. <laughs> put that. Put that. I want you to take this off my registry. Right. Um, yeah, no, I didn't have a, I had a lot of co- customer service jobs, but I didn't, I didn't have a job at, um, at Target that required customer interaction, just I, surly coworkers. I think, I mean, uh, appliance, the appliance work in particular was very, you know, um, Back in work, we were going to people's houses and installing things, but rarely would I ever talk to anybody, right? It wasn't really yeah. customer service. Um, but both Carlos O'Kelly's and Target, I feel like I got a lot of experience interacting with people. I think it's a really important skill yeah. for young people to figure out as they, you know, as they go along, as they grow. Yeah, and, well, and it's interesting, too, because, like, you know, I all three of my kids, their first jobs were very different. So Autumn, her first job was working at Target. Michaela's first job was giving swimming lessons. So I thought that she had been a lifeguard first, um, but she actually gave swimming lessons like the summer before. Okay. Um, got certifi- uh, certification for that and and then became a lifeguard. That seems like that. a really classic first job as well. Yep. Right? And then, and now Will is going to be working in food service. Right. Um, so they kind of hit the the trifecta, you know, like retail, food service, and water sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not, not sure if that, where that's that the big three, the big three, <laughs> water sports. Right. If you go to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, it has its own category. That's right. Um, that's right. And it's a top three. Yeah, fastest growing <laughs> career field in the United States. Well, I think we should probably take a quick sponsorship break, and uh, when we come back, I want to chat with you a little bit more about. Um, first jobs, uh, about uh, your relationship with getting your first job and Mm -hmm. your parents' involvement with that. Uh, And I want to chat a little bit, too, about um, pushing your children to get Mm -hmm. a first job. Um, Liam's a little young, but but he's already thinking about those things. Put him to work. If this was the 1850s, he'd already be delivering mail on horseback. <laughs> but for real. But for real. Right. Like, not even kidding. Right, because we would need the money. I would be sick. Right. Right. You'd have dysentery. <laughs> Correct. If you Something were living like on the Oregon Trail, and Liam is, is super small right now, so uh, it wouldn't cost that much to operate the horse. Right. It could be a very tiny horse. Right. It would work. <laughs> Let's take a break. Please. We'll be back in a moment. From One Dad to Another is brought to you by... 
I'm Jason Alberti. And I'm Lindsay Prince. I am a dad of two boys, a comedy writer, and I love medieval literature. I'm the mom of two girls, a comedy writer, and I love TikTok. Hey, we've got a new podcast. And it's called What Do You Want to Talk About? We talk about everything from almond milk lattes to xenophobia. New episodes every Monday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What Do You Want to Talk About is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Lindsay, did I tell you the story about Scarpe the Njalsson when he was in Iceland and he was dying because he was under this log on fire and he pulls out this molar and he whips it into Thurl Thurlson's eye? No, I don't understand most of what you just said. Oh. Oh, Jason, did I tell you that Billie Eilish got bangs? What's a Billie Eilish? L-A-S. Hi, I'm Logan Adam Schultz, digital and content marketing guy. I'm Alex Schulte, creative director dude. And I'm Craig Johnson, maker of graphics. And we're the LAS LAS Marketing Team. Team. And this is Friends with Marketing Benefits, Eastern Iowa's newest podcast filled with laughter, stories, and insight from a rotating cast of marketing professionals. Every Tuesday, join us as we break down modern marketing practices into something that you can use right now to better market your business, nonprofit, band, or even that dresser you've been trying to sell on Facebook Marketplace. There will be new episodes every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Friends with Marketing Benefits is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. If you feel like it. LAS. Welcome back Thank to you. the show. You too. <laughs> Welcome back, Tim. I'm glad you came back for the second yeah, half. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, didn't walk away. Didn't abandon me this time, nope. Daddy. <laughs> I'm never gonna love that. I don't love it either. Frankly, <laughs> good. There's some weird energy in this room, but I think there we is. Should, we should. I think it's it. the humidity. Is I that think what that's it is? what it is. It's just very sopping wet in here. On the <laughs> gross. <laughs> On the day we're recording this, it's very rainy, but also very warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's our first first super humid day. This quick side tangent: You're a weather guy. I am. Not a weatherman. I would, I would say a weather nerd. I'm definitely not a weatherman. But like, you are I a weather I wanted guy. to be a meteorologist when I was little, among other things. Um, and so now I'm an amateur <laughs> meteorologist. But really, I mean, I feel like people already think of you as a bit of an authority to go to, like when they need, you know, yeah, at, at least uh, somewhat educated. Funny story. My ex-wife actually, like, I don't know, a little while after we got divorced, said, the one thing I miss about you is that you always told me what the weather was. <laughs> Which I thought was weird, but also it made me feel really good. I feel like that's both a compliment and also maybe a reason why you're no longer together. Yeah, I, I think that's accurate. But, if that's the one thing. But it did make me laugh. <laughs> um, well, hey, I wanted to chat with you a little bit more about first jobs and especially about um, the relationship with with kids and parents and getting mm-hmm. that first job. Because, you know, I, I worked for my parents uh in two different jobs as i was growing up and yeah i feel i don't feel like they necessarily pushed me to do that i feel like i wanted to work i wanted Mm -hmm. to be doing that until i didn't of course right um but i I wanted the money and it was a good excuse to do that stuff even if the jobs weren't super fantastic or super fun or really what i wanted to be doing um did you feel like you were pushed into those first jobs i I mean, I guess at this point it's been really, really long ago. Um, right. So I don't really remember that clearly. What I do remember 
was wanting to work. I wanted to work. I wanted to have my own money. Um, and so I remember that being kind of important to me. And I think right. when I, I did that summer job program thing, um, actually I did it two years in a row and it was, I liked having money. I liked having money to buy CDs and starter jackets right. and candy cigarettes or whatever it was I was buying back then. But, um, I liked having my own money. Um, and then, so then I always just liked working after that. And sure. so I worked all the way, all the way through high school. Um, but I don't, I don't remember being pushed to do it or feeling like I had to do it. Um, and when I think about uh, my kids, actually, so when I, I did ask, you know, it was like, Hey, what was your first job? Please remind me. Cause here's what I think it was. And then they told me very quickly that I was wrong. Um, but my oldest, she said that she remembered feeling like she had to pay for her car, which reminded me that we had a, we had a deal that she had to, um, we basically sold her a car and she had to pay me a hundred dollars a month. Okay. Uh, and, and then, and then when she graduated high school, we just forgave the rest of the loan. Right. I'm using air quotes. You can't see them. Those of you listening at home <laughs> or in your car. Um, but I'm doing it. Um, but it was just a way of letting her know um, that she had responsibility uh, right. for stuff. And um, do you feel like that was effective? Like, do you feel like there was some learning of responsibility through that experience? Um, I I think so. But I think I think one of the things that I always struggle with is that idea of patting myself on the back for those kind of things. Of course, um, because you know, while I tried to help teach a lesson. You know, I mean, the I'm not the only teacher for the kids and they have their own internal drive like Autumn right now. You know, she worked that job. She felt like she had to pay for a car. Autumn works so many hours like she works hard. She's a workaholic. She is a person who just Absolutely. really um, doesn't like to sit still and, and is always, always working. Um and I don't know if I'm, if that's my fault, or if I have uh, uh, some responsibility for that, or if it's a positive thing. I don't really, I don't really know. I don't remember feeling like I was pushing, um, but I'm, I might have. Right. Um, and it's one of those things that in the moment you feel like, ah, yeah, I'm gonna teach a lesson, but we never know whether the lessons are effective. You know, specifically because there are so many things that feed into it. Now, my middle daughter, she, she said, I just wanted to earn money to buy things and buy coffee. That's literally what her response was. I mean, that also sounds very accurate for that is very accurate for what I know. And about she her. said, nothing has changed. That's still what she, <laughs> she works for. So I, I think I'm just really interested in that because, you know, we go through this process with Liam and I think this is a very traditional process of, of saying, do the chore, earn mm -hmm. money, right? Um, do the thing, get something in return and, and work on that, um, putting in the work to get something and, and tying in the responsibility and ownership over that. Yeah. Um, and usually, yeah, towards a thing in particular, like the bike we talked mm -hmm. about with, uh, with Liam, I just wonder how, yeah, how effective those things are because I just, I feel like I can't think of a time where that was effective for me growing up. And I don't really know how effective it is for Liam. Mm -hmm. Maybe part of it is um, lack of consistency, right? If we aren't really consistent about telling him, hey, this is the thing you have to do. This is what you're doing it for. Blah, blah, blah. 
then we're not seeing that follow through. But also maybe that takes a really long time and that, that gets more deeply ingrained into a person as they grow older. I don't know. I, I think the consistency thing is something that most parents struggle with. Yeah. I know that that was always a a thing for us, you know, raising, uh, raising the kids. And when I say us, that's, you know, that's me and my wife, who's a stepmother. That's my ex-wife who is their, is their mother, you know, and you know, they, and she's married and she has a stepfather. And so there's a, there's this large parent group and consistency, a consistency across parent groups, consistency within our own households. That's always a challenge. Um, and it seems like that challenge never really uh, goes away. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how um, how effective those kinds of things are when you're when you're not consistent with it, um, or even how effective they would be if you're if you're super rigid with it. Because I've also known people who the way they raise their kids, they were very very strict, and I've seen that be very effective, but I've also seen it blow up in their faces in, sure. in different people. So I think a lot of it comes down to internal motivation of kids right? Um, and who they are and what they choose to do and the things that they respond to. And every child is different um, and every parenting situation is different. So um, I don't, I guess I, uh, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer there. And I, I which is one of the things that makes parenting so um, challenging and right, but also fun is to try and figure those things out. I think I was a pretty darn decent kid growing up. And I, I mean, I think I'm, you can see that in me for the most part. Now I, I like to get things done. I like to be pretty responsible and organized and, and all that stuff. I was sometimes good and sometimes a hellion. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up. I remember specifically working my target job. And I think part of it for me was that I just had the things that I needed, mm-hmm. right? I didn't really need to work because if I really wanted or needed something, I probably was going to get it. Yeah. Right. Not that we, I mean, my family was by no means wealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, I think we were probably on the lower end looking back on it now as an adult, right? Um, By quite a bit. But I always had the things that I needed. And so for me, thinking about my motivation, talking about, you know, your kids and why they were working, I think I was at some point just working because I was working because I had a job. Hmm. And so I started because I was able to drive. I had my own car. I was calling in for shifts at Target often, being like, I'm, I'm sick. Yeah. I can't come in. Sorry. Yeah. And then I'd just drive around for four hours. I'd go, get, <laughs> I'd go get food. I'd go to the video game store. I would just do whatever. And while your coworkers at Target were suffering, sweating under forced yep. labor. Yep. That and wasn't I, very sexy. True story, <laughs> Alex, the producer, pressing the button for Angela Billman's quote. I don't know. (laughs) Logan driving around in his car eating French fries sounds pretty sexy to me. Pretty darn sexy. My goodness. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I mean, looking back on that, I didn't feel good about that. I was Mm -hmm. carrying a lot of guilt, right? Sure. And I didn't tell anybody. And I I was threatened to be fired. I never actually got fired. I ended up leaving uh, of my own accord. You can't fire me. I quit. (laughs) That wasn't me. That's a good young Logan impression, though. Oh, good. I liked it. (laughs) Um, But I just, uh, yeah, I don't know what my motivation was. And so I ended up uh, not behaving in the best ways. And I certainly don't want that for Liam or um, our future daughter. them getting to that point, I want to motivate them in the right ways. And I, I don't know, just something to think about. Well, and you know, so much of what we do as parents, we, 
we learn lessons from our parents, whether they are lessons that like, oh, that was really cool. I should do that. Or man, that sucked. I should never do that. You know, whatever it is that the lesson is that you learn. But I was thinking as, as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, we were making autumn pay a hundred dollars a month for her car. Yeah. Um, the car was completely paid for, right. That was just us saying, all right, you have to pay this much money because you are responsible for, you know, this vehicle. Um, my parents did something similar and not with a car, but I, when I first had a job, my mom would always make me put a hundred dollars from my paycheck in savings. Sure. And then after that, the money was, I could just do what I wanted with it. Um, and I had forgotten about that. And so, you know, I, at the, by the time I, I moved, uh, had to, had to quit that job. I had like $1,200 in the bank, which when you're in high school, that's, that's an insane amount of money. Yep. Um, but that was what felt at the time very arbitrary of my parents to be like, what are you telling me to do with my money and put it in the bank? I don't want to put it, I want to buy CDs. I like um, your young Tim impression. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> also very surly. Money. It was very different than my young Logan. That's right. Um, the, uh, but yeah, but I apparently internalized that somewhat. And I was like, oh, I have to encourage my kids to have some financial responsibility. Um, and I guess I didn't really think of it. It wasn't like, oh, well, I had to do it when I was a kid, so you have to also. Um, but it, it made sense to me. That thing in particular, I think I responded to. So whether it's worked out well for my kids or not, I don't. I don't know, um, right. or whether you know whether they learned that lesson um, in the same way that I did. I I don't know, but um, that's. I think that's an example of where I took something that my parents did um, and said, "Oh, that makes sense. I should. I should do that." Also, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. We really. I'm trying to think if there's a good example of something that I internalized that I've passed along to Liam. Um, I don't know if it's money related or job related or not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the idea of doing chores and, and earning money and putting it towards something like mm-hmm. that bike, it doesn't even seem like something I took from my parents as much as maybe I just took from society. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Like, I feel like we've created a pretty broad standard of what, the responsibility of a child is in a certain age bracket and mm-hmm. and what we as parents are supposed to do. Right. I think as long as that lesson is is somewhat clear then that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean that the idea of of kind of there being this broader um societal, you know, uh, pressure or this set of like these unwritten rules I think that varies so much from family to family and like how they view society, how they view even within cultures and stuff like that. Like, you know, I think about, well, that makes sense because you and I both kind of came to the same, you know, realization and we grew up in very different places and different times and all that stuff. But I also, you know, went to school with people whose parents, the, the kid's responsibility was to say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Not talk back. Sure. Um, you know, you do chores, you don't get an allowance because chores are just what you're expected to do. Um, and that was also sort of normal. That was stuff that I, I saw like uh, families view responsibility very differently. Um, and whether that's, you know, cultural or has changed over time, I don't really know. I often hear people like, ah, kids today, they, you know, 
they don't do things the way that we did when I was a kid. But I, I don't think that's true. I personally don't think that's true. I think it's really I think it's just super easy to be critical of younger people now. Um, the further we get away from being younger people. So uh, and it's a uh, I don't know. It's a, it, it's tough to be young. So it's certainly tough to be young. It is. And it seems much more challenging these days than it was when I was a kid, even though I certainly felt like growing up was challenging when I was a kid. Yeah. I just didn't have the internet. I mean, so let's wrap up here. Um, we talked about first jobs. Tim, what's your job now? For those who don't know. I, I teach. So I am an assistant professor at Kirkwood Community College. Um, I am the lead faculty member for the um, uh, Energy Production and Distribution Technologies Program, which most people just know as the Renewable Energy Program, the Wind and Solar uh, Maintenance Installation uh, Program. So, the uh, the big exciting part of your job, at least from the outside, yep. certainly seems to be the photos of you climbing to the top of our large. Yeah, Wind. so kind of dominating the skyline of Cedar Rapids outside of Mount Trashmore, there is a 262-foot uh, wind turbine uh, on the south side of the city uh, that is a utility-scale wind turbine that produces power for Kirkwood Community College. And part of my job, uh, one of the benefits is I get to climb that and sometimes jump out of it on a rope, uh, which I <laughs> did just a couple weeks ago. So, And what is your job? My job, uh, if you're unaware, is, um, well, I started a business, and part of it is is this podcast network, so please continue to support oh, wait and a check minute. that out. L-A-S. That's you. Local Authentic Surprising. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or, as Alice I, likes to say. I thought it stood for Live, Laugh, Love. It does stand for it. <laughs> See, I said that. And and then he said that I was spelling it wrong, and but you're on my side, right, Alex? Yeah, as far any three letter um, that acronym has an L stands for live, laugh, love. It does. That's good to know. And I'm putting it above my kitchen sink. N F L. Live, laugh, love. Wait, no, that's not the NFL song. Yep. No, it's Chariots of Fire. We did that was last week's episode. What is the NFL theme song? Oh, I went live. I went with love. I did an extra da da da. I don't know. Maybe you started late. Yeah, maybe I did. Probably. I'm the one with the microphone in. Maybe the NFL started late. How about that? It definitely did. NFL, don't sue us, please. I had a point I was trying to drive to for the end of the show. Yeah, I don't know. We let me bring us Derailed it. I'm also a realtor. Um, by the way, um, working with buying and selling and clients in the area. I host a podcast on this network about it called the Corridor Real Estate Podcast. That's um, fantastic. Please Swing. check that out. Thank you very much. Um, it's a perfect time to learn about real estate. Very exciting time very to learn exciting. about real estate. Yeah. Do, your, do your parents know or understand what you do now? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, my parents have tracked my my career pretty closely. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's not, not surprising, uh, to them. Uh, I didn't, I don't, I didn't like leave to like go to work and I'm like, I'm not telling you what I'm doing. <laughs> um, right. uh, but yeah, they, they, they know what I do. I haven't hidden it from them. 
Do your parents know what you do? <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sound like you were keeping your job a secret, but more so, like, do they understand? Stop asking me questions you know, about my job, Mom. What you do within renewable energy. And um, I just think it's very interesting to think about, you know, those first jobs that you have, the federal program, and then scooping mm-hmm. ice cream, and, and how they lead to where you are now. Cause it's been a really long, convoluted journey. I was going to say, certainly you did not think you were going to be here. No, I definitely did not. But there have been multiple times in my life where I would go, oh, how did I get here? Yeah. And then five years later, I was somewhere else. So, um, but that's the that's the life I've lived. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> we can talk about moving on another episode. Moving houses, moving states. We'll do all of it, I think. All of it. And uh, I certainly never expected to be a realtor or start a podcast network yeah. or or start a business, frankly. Uh, when I was working at Target, I pretty much was focused on getting through school and driving around eating french fries. Driving look around. at you now. I know. So living, laughing, loving. I still drive around eating french fries right. quite a bit. Quite a bit, honestly. <laughs> Too much to be honest. Um, but I'm a busy guy and speaking of busy, we've got other things we got to go do. So we, we should, should do wrap that. up. Let's wrap it. This episode, let's put a button on it. Of from one dad to another. Thank you so much for checking out this show. Again, my name is Logan Adam Schultz. This and I'm Tim Riven. From one dad to myself. another. I love it. I love it. Get in there. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And our Hi, producer, Alex, Alex uh, Schulte. I, w- I, w- I do want to make one rule, though, before you guys do it, get out of here. Yeah. I think every time Logan says daddy, he's got to put a dollar in the jar. <laughs> I like it. It's too a easy daddy with jar. <laughs> we got to have a daddy jar. We got to have a daddy jar. All right, that's happening. Next episode, we're going to have a daddy jar. I'm serious. Even if you can't see it, you'll, you'll be hear there. the daddy jar. We'll make it happen. Great. I'll make air that's quotes I when I say daddy jar. <laughs> of course, I'm talking to Tim. We have Alex in the producer's booth, and this is From One Dad to Another. It's part of the LAS Podcast Network. Recorded here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We're very thankful to Theater Cedar Rapids for allowing us to have our podcast studio up on the fourth floor of the TCR building. If you want to support this show and get some behind the scenes content, uh, extra stuff, just bug us, Tim and I, yeah. or Alex. Send us messages and questions. Absolutely. We would love to hear from you. You can go to patreon.com slash LAS podcast network and uh, support us there and get tons of great stuff. And also, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com to check out all of the shows we have on this independent podcast network. Also, thank you to our sponsors from this episode. And uh, I think that's about it. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday to hear episodes from Tim and I trying to decode modern parenthood uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and frankly, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to floss. A-S.